Welcome to Far North Dirt. This is episode 149, August 18, 2019, your host, Mid Poker. Thank you all for listening. We have got a long show today with Councilwoman Shoshana Rockcomb, Fairbanks Councilwoman. Needed someone with some expertise about the city council, knew some of the people running for mayor, knew the issues. Who am I going to get? Let's bring on Shoshana. She came into the studio. We had a great chat, talked a lot before, hit record, stopped it, talked a lot afterwards. Easy to talk to. We just got to get right to this one. Next couple weeks, we've got the mayors. First up, Frank Turney. All four have agreed to come on. Current Mayor Jim Matherly, Catherine Dodge, Lakeisha Jordan, and Frank Turney. Good bunch of interviews coming up in September. Let's get the political shows going. Thank you, Shoshana, for coming on. Welcome to Far North Tokers. Good morning. Shoshana Rockcomb. Sitting here with Fairbanks Councilwoman. Do, what I, are you introduced as Coon or Rockcoon or Just Coon. So, Rock is, um, just to kind of <clears throat> clarify, Rock was a, a nickname that happened because of my brother. Oh, so it's not a middle name? No, Raquel is my middle name. But if you get that's... really angry and you try and say Shoshana Raccoon, right? And so Shoshana Raccoon kind of is Interesting. A, it's, it's some strength in my name. No, no, it's good. Yeah. And we're, Coon, the spelling of it, what, what is that? Coon uh, is actually Czech. In this case, and um, it, it actually follows from it. There, he's, there was Malvina Kuhn, K-U-H-N, who married Stefan Kahn, K-O-H-N. And that was five generations, six generations up. And then we kind of, there's a loss there because of the wars. Um, and we ended up as Kuhn. So nice. that's that's kind of... Interesting spelling, though. I mean, because yes. when that's not how I would think you would spell it. Because right. when I first see it, I always see things and I'm like, Kahn? And then I thought you were like Asian or something I get before, that. before I met you. I get that. Yeah. I get Asian because uh, my last name, indigenous blood because my first name, or a black lady. No, I could see that too. Shoshana? So, yeah, yeah. It's a... Well, where's that name from? Yeah. It's uh, actually a Hebrew name. It's a Hebrew name. It's a particular rose. It's a lily rose that grows in the Mediterranean or used to grow and it's a Israel oriented. Oh, okay. So, um, yeah. So it's a lily rose. Or uh, uh, Sharon, Rose of Sharon is another twist to it. So it's all, you know, Hebrew's interpretation. Do people have trouble saying your name ever? Mm, yes. Yeah, they're not sure how to say it. They don't so, want to mess it up, but it's pretty straightforward. It is. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of letters in it, but no, if you just have any kind of knowledge of what a, the alphabet is, you can pretty much get it out, right? It's kind of phonetic. Yeah. It is. So the reason I invited you is I wanted to do kind of a primer for the Fairbanks mayor election. I don't know enough about it. I've not been following it. I don't live in the city. Okay. I just see things, hear things, um, what's going on. Um, but it's fun to watch because a lot of what goes on with cannabis happens in the city. Absolutely. 14 dispensaries now in the city. 14? 14 plus some cultivators. Yes. How many cultivators do you know that? I actually don't know it off the bat, but I believe it's five or six because we have 21 total licenses in the city for cannabis. That is insane. 21 license. How many did you say? 16? 16? 14 retail. 14 retailers. I saw one the other day. What is, what was it? The fair... Fair Danks. Fair Danks. That is the latest, most recent opening. I, and I admit, I have not been in there. And, uh, and thanks, Mid, for having me on your show. Oh, you're welcome. Maybe no, I 
I couldn't think of anyone else really uh, other than Frank, but he's running. He's we'll running. have him um, next running. week. Just Fairdanks, right? Fairdanks. Yeah, I haven't been in that one. I drove by and it's saw it. I was new. like, whoa, what, what's that? Yep, right next to the uh, Bamboo Panda. Not to advertise for them, but no. I just think it's funny. You no. Get your cannabis and get your Mongolian beef. Right. It's not a bad shop. It, it yeah. definitely... I think you can get a haircut now. There's a salon there. <laughs> I believe that there's a travel agent. So it's a great nice little spot. It seems like a good setup. I, I just need to get over there. Right, definitely check. Have you been? Is that the only one you haven't been into? That is the only one I haven't been into. Yeah, on uh, actually 420, I decided that uh, I would not only check out the great deals that I get through all my text messages right. from the various retailers, but I thought I'd go around and, and thank the owners and thank the people for just paying taxes, unknowingly supporting things like the police, fire. And plowing, for example. So I went to all the dispensaries. I said, "Why not? Why not?" I actually was did not partake until later at the at the cabin, the cabin. Oh, sorry, I saw you out there. Yes, that was cabin, huh? a little bit later. I missed I missed the cake, but that's okay. I think I did too. Yeah, it was thirteen of them uh, that I went to and just met people, and from there uh, talked about the on-site consumption that was going through to be the second reading that Monday, which was Earth Day. Fairdings opened a little bit later. I'm sure you so received well. Oh yeah, yeah. All of all of the retailers pretty much know who I am. Mm. I got it was hard to leave Good Sense, actually, I'll be honest. No sense. Because they had a good sense. No sense. Good sense. Um because they had a great party happening there. So um I actually dipped out of there a little bit under four twenty and probably probably missed some good giveaways from what Bad I Bad giveaways. Bad giveaways. Oh, I don't even know what's going on there, but but it was good. It was good to go around and, and meet people and, and and just say thank you for, you know, supporting one, supporting a new industry and two, supporting with taxes, which create services. Um, right. No, it, it, it has created, uh, there's definitely, uh, not that those people weren't working before, mm-hmm. but a lot of them probably were working in lower paying jobs and then going home participating in their hobby, trying to grow their at home Absolutely. and not being able to do all that or just the safety of it and being able to participate in the American machine, right? right. Without being excluded. Can come to a meeting and say what they're doing, pay taxes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, go to the store and buy a refrigerator if you want. Yes. And uh, it's legal money. Yes. And at the end of the year, you file for your IRS, which actually even in the illegal market, you can file for IRS. Yes. By the way, mm-hmm. um, which makes you one step closer to completely legal. So pay your taxes. That's the whole point. Um, but anyway, creatively called, it's you can creatively um, do it. Florists. I, I have. A, I mean, gardening consultants. I just recently went on a blast from the past memory um, when I was doing voter register at a, at a local retailer. Hey there, Fairbanks. This is Lennon. And Andrew. With the Tope Report. Starting on August the 26th, we're going to have 2 grams of Durban Poison for $24, as well as 7 grams of Headband for $77. Oh, yeah. And on Tuesday, we have our good edibles for $30. Hard candies and gummies. Oh, yeah. What a deal. What a night. Wednesday, we're going to have 30% off all concentrates. It's going to be wax. That's going to be shatter. That's going to be batter. That's going to be live resin resin sugar. sugar. Hell yeah. Come on in. We even have some sap. 
We also have $10, one gram flour of Pedro's Cure. So come get yeah. your cure. And then on Thursday, come on down for your flour. We have Woo, flour. good cannabis eights on sale for what $45. Come on by. Oh, yeah. Uh, looks like Friday the 30th, 150 half ounces. What a deal, what a night, oh, what a steal. stealing it from us. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. And on Saturday the 31st, we're back with $12 King Rolls. Finally, back in the house. Oh, yeah, what a good deal. September 1st, Sunday, we're going to have two grams of Bio Jesus for $24. Oh, man, that is a good deal. I Welcome love that Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Oh, yeah. So stay cool out there, stay fly, Fairbanks. Stay Make sure high. to love each other. Make sure to be peaceful, squash all oh, beef. Oh yeah. We love you. Marijuana has intoxicating effects and may be habit-forming and addictive. Marijuana impairs concentration, coordination, and judgment. Do not operate a vehicle or machinery under its influence. There are health risks associated with consumption of marijuana. For use only by adults 21 and older, keep out of the reach of children. Marijuana should not be used by women who are pregnant or breastfeeding. friend who is still serving time under federal guise mm. um, we started Alaska Shrew Traps and I was his business manager and we had a business license and he paid taxes a lot of taxes mm-hmm. you know the irony of you know five years later doing 25 to 40 in a fed pen is a whole nother thing and it, it did revolve around cannabis mm. but uh, that was a long time ago over 15 years ago and but blast from the past, you know, you, you can. So anyway, I digress. Um, so the reality is $890,000 in cannabis taxes have come directly into the city. Since inception, since the beginning. Or since just last year. year. Uh-huh. Yeah, since last year. And the alcohol industry is $1.2 million. So that, Catching. That, if that gives you, in the same fiscal year, that gives you a... a, a Are alcohol taxes decreasing? It seems that way when I looked at the budgets over the years. So there may be uh, something to keep an eye out on from a sociological perspective. Yes. Is uh, less we'll, alcohol being we'll watch, Right. We'll watch um, cannabis uh, taxes increase as we watch alcohol decrease. That, that as an addictions counselor, for me, that's uh, I, I'll take it. Right. What a, and it, it is a gr- it's a great um, indicator. It's a great indicator. I mean, you 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 know. I mean, you know how much was sold. And then you have to go and imagine how much do you consume from those things and how often you're doing it. But uh, it it's a simple comparison. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're looking, especially if one is coming down. And we know cannabis is going up, right? Every year it's going it up. Is. Every year it's going up. Um, and that doesn't even take into account the black market. Black market lives matter. Because we know that there is a black market. Black market lives matter. It's still happening with cannabis. And, and I've had conversation, and I don't want to talk... About that, well, we're gonna, you know, we want to make sure it's enforced. Absolutely, there's laws, um, but the reality is that there isn't too much money in illegal cannabis production, um, mm. which concerns me because I feel that maybe that's not the only thing being produced in the mm-hmm. illegal market. Oh, um, oh, right. In the sense that if you're comfortable selling cannabis illegally, well, it costs money to have a grow. And it costs money to, to make concentrates. 
So where's that money coming from? So I, that, that component, I can completely understand. There are things that are happening out there. Um, and then there's people that are uh, hands off, you know, I don't want government interference. And I get mm-hmm. that too. I, I do respect that. Uh, but by partaking in the tax system, you, you help create a healthier community. And that's kind of where I go with cannabis and where I went 15 years ago when we start. Well, I get no 16 years ago when I first made T-shirts and signed our first petitions to get this on the ballot. So it helps um, normalize it. It helps normalize it. People um, aren't so scared anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have anyone showing up city council anymore with their the crazy talk that we're hearing? We like, do not. The testimony. Um, and actually, I'm going to kind <laughs> of take this down the on-site because I already started talking about on-site. And I know we had, you know, t- we were going to talk a little bit about this. Mm-hmm. So I'm jumping. But, um, some of the issues that are coming <clears throat> up that when the reason you're here, we're going to be electing a new mayor. That too. And they not necessarily in charge of everything, but they're the executive. They're, they they run the meeting, right? Right. They make sure things are happening according to what Robert's rules. Or uh, well, and, and it's interesting because um, it's not Robert's rules oh. in the city. Is it something other adopted or just what? As set by the charter. So someone I've been talking with people and going, okay, where exactly are we getting how we do things? Because parliamentary procedures, Robert's rules of order is generally what I'm most familiar with. It's a good way to facilitate a meeting. It's a standardized public awareness way. And I'm going to say a word and and people are going to get their feathers ruffled. But it was said to me that that's how uh, Masonic or Masonic, sorry, uh, meetings are ran. So it's in the charter. They might wear pants too. They, they <laughs> <laughs> and they might do other things. Know, it's a good way um, to run. I, I use Robert Rules of Orders as a standard, but if you read the ordinance, it's interesting because yes, we we use a little bit of Robert's Rules and other methods. So yes, the executive person, the mayor, in this the other case, methods, huh? is can essentially use whatever means they want, but ideally they're running a meeting equally, so everybody's, all the council members are being recognized, um, they are maintaining order, so um, when a council member decides to have a conversation in the middle of public comments, the mayor's job is to say no, uh, council person, whatever, uh, I need you to... You know, not this isn't the place for it. But your your job is to very delicately but definitely drive order. Come up with the agenda. I think our city clerk deals with the agenda. She asks, do, do, "Does anybody have anything?" And the other thing is, agenda is often set at finance committee meetings, so the mayor doesn't necessarily set the agenda. Um, they get to have mayor's comments and so forth, but their job is to maintain order. Um, and keep meetings moving and focused and not and not be afraid to curb council members with strong personalities and that doesn't necessarily mean myself I don't I'm, I might have a strong personality right. you, you have way. rights and people can step on them and as long as you if you don't speak up it's just going to keep happening or well and, and the thing is when people delineate, when council members delineate and and go on 15-minute discussions, <laughs> your job as a mayor is to curb that and to ask, can you please make your points concretely, sure. clearly? Because that's what the community needs. Given that 14 to 21% are the only ones that vote, I'm not sure who's listening entirely. 
but let me bring it back to um, to on-site, and then we'll talk more about the executive position. But on-site was passed with six people in chambers. What do you mean? On-site consumption passed with six people in chambers besides council and the mayor. That's it. There were just no one showing up and didn't. Nobody care. showed up to complain. Nobody showed up to support, really. Um, and I can't say nobody. That's a, that's such a right. general. and I'm, Not I'm, the standard. I'm trying to not crowd. speak in generals anymore. By the way, I'm getting better. Um, yeah, so I expected um, some of what we would call, you know, back when I came into this, we, we called them the red shirts. We were the green shirts, right? Mm-hmm. We didn't have those people come out. We had the first reading, which was a week, two weeks before 420 or so. Um, and I went out drumming up more support on 420 and thanking people, thinking that the red shirts were coming. Not to sound so like, oh my god, ah, the red shirts are coming, the red shirts are coming. No, words um, and language. This is where cue that shit, right? Yep. <laughs> so we had a, a borough assembly member, we had a, a pre well, and I invited Brandon Emmett to come speak because he was part of writing that code specifically mm-hmm. uh, with the Marijuana Control Board that Lieutenant Meyer, Governor Meyer, signed in, I believe it was March 10th of this year. Um, I wasted no time to introduce to city. No time. Um, and so that would have been, I'm trying to think, two weeks. Uh, 22 minus 14 is uh, eight. eight. There we go. So I introduced it April 8th and moved forward from there without public complaints. You know, well, What was the problems before? What was holding it up before? People on the council felt that we were not ready as a community to do so. And there's still some ambivalence in in our community uh, from our council members about the safety. How are we going to monitor it was probably the biggest concern is what are police going to use for a test to determine how intoxicated from cannabis you are. We can do it for alcohol. We can uh, do blood tests for meth, heroin, and such. But cannabis is difficult to measure. Now, Canada has developed some methods. California is trying a little bit of it. But ultimately, we, in researching, have found that 70% of roadside tests tend to reflect what is there. However, traumatic brain injuries and other cognitive disorders can play into making you look like you just Mm -hmm. smoked cannabis or you just used cannabis. Uh, So it's not entirely fair, but it's a method. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of my point is we can do roadside sobriety tests right now. We are doing them. We have been doing them. It is imperative that our police force be trained in recognizing what TBIs look like, what um, autism spectrum looks like, you know, versus saying, oh, well, you couldn't walk that straight line. It must be because you're under the influence of cannabis. But so far, we haven't had that issue. It's my understanding from the police, from Chief Jukes, who's now gone, that we have seen an uptick of DUIs related to cannabis. But I have yet to see it on paper and in fact. And so this is, I'm I'm still waiting. I love statistics. They really help me. Yeah, I I haven't noticed much in the blotter. I, I keep wanting to go down and I know the news miner, when they print theirs, it says how they get them. Mm-hmm. And I, I want to interject myself in and just get the cannabis ones. I don't know how to, but it would be kind so of So that's something I asked for police and fire to monitor. 
um, and because of grants, because of there are reasons. You know, we cannot blankly say as a, as a social researcher, the social science researcher, social work person, sociology person, right? My big thing is let's see what society's doing. Okay, so I need statistics. They do not record it as such. So a DUI is a DUI is a DUI. That's how it's recorded. You get a DUI, you get a DUI. Meth, cannabis, alcohol, And they just base heroin. that on that you can't do certain... You're driving things. under the influence. You're driving impaired. Mm, I, I, don't, I can appreciate that, but mm-hmm. I don't like the not knowing the data. I'm with you because... I like the go, charge. When we go but, to talk about substance use problems, I don't know as a provider... Do we have a do we have an opiate problem? Do we have a meth problem? Do we have an alcohol problem? Do we have a cannabis problem? What kind of problem do we have that we have all these DUIs? So is an uptick in DUIs or cannabis DUIs? Well, that's what's vague. Okay. There's an uptick. It could just be anecdotal, in which right? People are disclosing that they are under the influence of cannabis, and that's where the police seem to stop. And maybe more trash, you, you know. When it used to be in one baggie compared to now you get like, I don't know, so much trash from the legal market. So you shared an anecdote with me and I won't reshare that anecdote, but this idea of that if I speak it and I blame it on something, that's what it's just going to be. So I'm high on meth Mm -hmm. and cannabis, maybe I had a few drinks, but let's just stick with meth and cannabis. Um, Not that I do meth, I don't need to disclose that for the, Yeah. And I T-bone you. And this is kind of going off something that actually has happened. But I don't want to tell you, police officer, that I've been up for three weeks on meth. Maybe I didn't use two days ago. Maybe I'm withdrawing, right? So it's going to be out of my system by that point. But it's a lot easier for me to say, oh, yeah, yeah, my my little pre-roll here. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it's that's why. I I T-boned you because I was high on cannabis. So that's where you stop as a police officer. Done. Okay, cool. You're going to jail because you're driving under the influence, and in this case, it's cannabis. But again, going back to research and statistics, I, as a social researcher, cannot figure out whether it was meth or cannabis because you, police officer, did not take me to go do a test. And maybe I refused to do the the blood test, which you need a subpoena for. Mm -hmm in this state. So it gets a little bit complicated on measuring things, but I, I believe that the uh, city of Fairbanks fire is coding more concisely and they do understand that grants can come from these different things. I mean, if we have a meth problem, we can tackle that mm-hmm. through different grants than the opioid grants that we have in place, for example, at the bridge, which is a uh, services next to Reentry Coalition, Fairbanks Reentry Coalition. So that's what I'm pushing for: is clear statistics, so we can have a clear understanding of the problem and not blaming a substance. And going into on-site, I was told um, by uh, Deputy Chief Wellborn at the time and Chief Jukes at the time, "No, we don't want it. We police don't want it because we can't test for it." You know, I think that's fair. Just that they they say they don't want it. Um, it's it's going to cause an increase in damage. That's the concept. I, you know, that's that's the vision. Without but you, anything you can't to back punish it up. someone right. for something that didn't happen yet. Yes, people are going to make mistakes. People are going to be blottoed. They're going to um, 
smoke outside before they walk in. Yeah. They're going to smoke when they leave. Something's going to happen. But then that it should be that individual's consequence. Absolutely. And not society. Not, not the community, right? And we we so, can't protect everyone right. from everything. So going into it, right? So I introduced April 8th thinking at the next meeting we're going to have a lot of backlash. And there wasn't. And I, I especially predicted that because of the chief and deputy chief at the time. And to not have the squawk that I expected um, was surprising, especially after the reason I got involved heavily was not only take leadership in our community, but really to make on-site pass because I felt challenged by a council member who a year later, almost to the day, absolutely went along with the lieutenant governor's code. To a council member, all six, even... Uh, Councilwoman Valerie Therian, she even chimed in and said, I'm against uh, on-site consumption. And so to to a, a member of us, we were all opposed to the on-site consumption. And we asked the mayor to express that, and Jerry brought that up, and he brought up the resolution for a smoke-free Alaska. And that was interesting. So Any thoughts on what changed about it? Their, their comment was, well, it's legal with the state. So we passed it forward too with uh, Cleworth and Rogers having ambivalence about it and, and uh, Theron as well. Not so much about cannabis, but the hows. The how are we going to enforce this? And I, and I reminded council, it is not our duty, and this is a little libertarian to me, mm-hmm. it's not our job to police. No. It is our job to allow mm-hmm. or to recommend. Yeah. Make laws, regulations, right, um, and, the, and the least invasive promote the common good is better. The more things I can have my community feel empowered to do, positive, the better our community and more united our community gets. Mm-hmm. One of the things that voter doing voter registrar, um, people asked about on site, of course, because I'm in dispensaries, you know, retailers. Mm-hmm. Uh, space and registering voters, and I try to stay very nonpartisan on everything. Um, but one was, when are we going to when are we going to have on site consumption? So, um, dropping names for a moment, but Fairbanks cut was so we passed it on Earth Day. On site consumption passed, so we overturned something that we were heading for. We we still have dialogue to have about zoning um, and about license numbers. That I'm holding off, so I've got I gotta have something to do, right, for mm-hmm. the remainder sure. of my term and the next term. Um, but realistically, having the conversation of um, Fairbanks cut, I encourage them on 420. You got a great field out here. You mm-hmm. might consider, right? Right. Get a special permit or something. An endorsement for on-site consumption. Because somebody's got to start somewhere, right. you know. And it's my understanding Anchorage has edibles, that you can eat edibles on site. I don't know. I, don't know. I, uh, I, Which I is haven't... Uh, stupid. Well, that's a whole other conversation. Yeah. That's a whole other conversation. Yeah, okay, that's already... Right. So as I'm registering voters, these people are asking me, well, yeah, I need you to overturn on-site consumption. It's like, done. So they didn't know. Um, and I explained to them Fairbanks Cut has been the first one to bring to Fairbanks... Uh, this attempt for on-site consumption. Right. And what's held them up is G2 is their landlord who's upstairs. Code says...
Hello. Aurora Apothecary CBD Superstore located in downtown Fairbanks. Aurora Apothecary CBD Superstore located downtown Fairbanks provides families, people, and pets with a wide variety of products from Mother Nature. We carry brands like Renew, Green Roads, Creating Better Days, CBD Plus Oil, and Select. Aurora Apothecary, 2nd Avenue, Fairbanks, Monday through Saturday, 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. 456 Hemp. That's 456-4367. Aurora Apothecary, your CBD superstore for pets and people. Have a wonderful day. G2 is above. The code says walls. You cannot share walls. Technically, a ceiling or floor is not a wall. It's, well, it says freestanding. Freestanding, correct. And depending on how you define the word freestanding, correct. Because there's two definitions. There, there's, and I love it. This is politics. This is just a myriad of, of definitions. Right. I'm, but, I looked up um, on Webster's. Yeah. And yeah, depending on which one you're looking up. And the one is just a basic thing where it's not being held up by anything. Correct. And the other is just that uh, it's by itself, like correct. not not sharing something. Yes. And depending on how you want the vote to go is what definition you're going to choose. Right. And the frustration is that this is an outdoor request. <laughs> so that's the frustration. Um, Lily Bossart did recently come to the city, and we ended up, as a city, passing to support. Which was, again, I was like, oh my gosh, I love your city right now. Well, so um, at first they were, it got kicked down the road a little bit, right? Where it was just like, we're going to wait to see what the state does. Yes. Yeah, the how they city, were determined because the they were denied at the state level. Want to put their toe in, and and I'm with that too. I actually was supportive of that, um, mostly because I don't, I don't, I want to push it forward, but I want I need to have that support mm-hmm. with my council members. So if they're ambivalent as to what what it is MCV is interpreting, absolutely. Plus the other thing, and this is true, and maybe this is. Um, but I expect when a retailer or an alcohol bar owner, when their license is up or they want to do a something, be there. Yeah, I've heard you say that a bunch. If, if you're not at the city council meeting to talk about your stuff, that tells me maybe you don't need this. Right. And they, I liked and how the owner of the Big, big Eye came. That was a big one that I was listening to. John Jackovich, yeah. yeah. Um, and we're, we're still communicating. But he, but he comes in. He came in. He came in. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And we had to sit down. And that was lovely. That was good. Um, but it is. At this point, it's in. becoming where in the very beginning of legalization, mm-hmm. sitting at those meetings, it was two hours on one application and asking them about this and that. And now it's just... Done. Done. Yeah, we're just doing it. Um, in fact, while I was at the Public Safety Commission, I think four, four licenses were renewed. So I was kind of bummed now because I didn't get to vote on those. But I had to, um, I really, that's where I needed to be on that one. So we saved the Public Safety Commission-ish for now. It was three and three. So that's a whole other conversation for another day. So we got off, I think, I tracked, took you off with um Fairbanks cut. Yeah, so um, Lily came the second time and the city, because the city was council, was able to speak with someone from the Fairbanks cut. I think that that really alleviated a lot of stuff. Plus, 
um, the MCB, we, we as council requested that the MCB minutes be given to mm -hmm. us as well, even though you can access them through the website. So council members were able to read through. And again, um, it went through pending certificate of occupancy for the city. So the city council supports four to two. But they're still not approved by the state yet, right? They are not because what Lily was sharing with me is they went into administrative hearing. So that should hopefully render a answer by the time MCB meets in September. And what I've been telling people, like this individual that came up and asked me, what can you do to support continue running marijuana control board with your, your support for um, this business and the ethics of this business? And G2's already written a letter that says, we understand, we support, we're okay, we don't share vents, we don't share walls. Um, this is an outdoor venue. This is not an inside consumption thing. So we want to support it based on the code that Lieutenant Governor, Lieutenant Governor Myers signed into code early March. And it was 2-2 two two vote. So you have a tie. Right. So you didn't have enough to pass it. Right. And if we'd had Vivian in there, she would have taken the interpretation, I feel, against, anti. If we'd had Brandon Emmett, he would have chose... Pro, yeah, and now we have Bruce Schulte coming in. So will will he be in there in time to break that tie? If everything expedites, if they follow the same process as as and they being Amco um, follows the same process as they did with Stiver, I don't think Schulte will be seated in time. That's fair to make that decision. So, and one of the things Lily uh, Bossart, Ms. Bossart brought forward from Fairbanks Cut is that we're looking to do it um, year round outdoors. Mm -hmm. So that'll be interesting because I don't know if I'll be out there at 40 below. Well, you can always put like a, an outdoors is a definition too, right? Outdoors is a definition <laughs> too. So be careful or... with a structure that might be even temporary structure. Mm -hmm. uh, it is, the code was written very, um, it was, it was definitely ideas that, um, on some of it, and I mean this with all the respect to the people that wrote it, but on some of it just feels like we pulled from here and we pulled from here and we just kind of put an M&M's thing together with some Skittles in there. You know what I mean? Like, Fine. oh, I thought it was all chocolate, but no, here we go. Tutti Fruity rainbow flavor. Get rid of you this. Know. <laughs> Find them. <laughs> well, then which, which yellow do you get rid of? The Skittles yellow or the M&M's yellow? Like, mm. who knows? Because we don't know. No, all, nothing has been tried in the world of on-site consumption, whether it's Nevada or California or Colorado. A lot of, we, we don't have a legal to stand on. So in legislative power world, we're... We don't have a anything to be. We are pioneering, which I know has a, a negative Governments connotation. Governments are afraid to do that. Well, I love to do that, and, <laughs> and that's why I applaud um, Emmett and the MCB group that wrote this code. Has control it, be the model. It's you gotta start somewhere, mm -hmm. and as as hodgepodge as somewhat it feels, it's also very linear. It's just. Again, where are you lining up the Skittles with the M&Ms and who's interpreting what the color yellow means? And, and that's where we're at with Fairbanks Cut, which is something I anticipated anyhow. But I anticipated it at a city level, not at a marijuana control board level. I, t I, I think I was thinking that it would actually go 
through because it's outdoors and therefore what's happening upstairs shouldn't really matter with the downstairs because we're actually talking about outside. So, but code for outdoor onsite wasn't very clear written. Uh, So we've got to figure that out, you know. I, I think a lot of people might be leaning on seeing how this is playing out with the Fairbanks cut mm-hmm. before investing thousands of dollars sure. into doing it, um, which I commend Fairbanks cut for doing it. I don't patronize them nearly enough. I admit it. Um, but well, with 14 places, it's kind of hard to go, but on 420, I'm going to try and do the same thing. You know, that was, that was, and it was, I actually didn't need to go back to, because I'm not a heavy user. I didn't have to go back to a dispensary technically for two and a half months. Hmm. You know, that's, I acquired and all the flavors, you know, all the flavors. And it was, it was supporting each business. And that's kind of what I feel as a, as a city council person that it's important to support equally, you know, and Bloom's was that one's I I can almost come to blooms all the time because it's not a city so I'm not favored making favorites of anyone they're right outside huh supporting the literally right outside yeah yeah kitty corner that that building over there that's Uh, inside the city go for them bad for them don't know um, I think that with onsite so if blooms tried to establish it they might have an easier time to establish it Versus the city, but the city council right now, it's almost a 4-2 guaranteed with um, Otterston still being on, Mm -hmm. which leads me to being concerned about the makeup potentially if Julie Smith doesn't get elected or Valerie Theron doesn't get elected. Um, Right now, David Pruz and I are the, the most extremes, I think, of the way we look at the world and political world. And uh, you wouldn't throw Jerry in there. Jerry's got a whole another okay. approach. Triangle. June Rogers has another approach, and they are, believe it or not, kind of the balances of. So when you go to calibrate your scale, mm-hmm. and this is going old school, right? I'm with you. They're the calibrators, and David Pruse and I are the, we're the <laughs> we're the holders in that uh, balance. Sorry. You, Radio is not... You no, it's good. Podcast, you can't see me do what I just said. Oh, but we yeah, we feel uh, The tilting, you know? And then I've got Valerie, who, who brings me the voice of reason from a forward movement. And then Kathy, who can... It, she, she brings me all kinds of different approaches, and I thank her for that, that aren't present in the council. Mm-hmm. Um, she has good logic behind doing some of the things that she's doing, you know, um, and I'm, I'm really sad that she isn't coming back. I'm really, really sad because that's one person that will throw me that monkey wrench to purposely engage me to think in a different way. Um, and I need that, you know, critical thinkers need other critical thinkers mm-hmm. to get them thinking outside their general the weird box. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm like in the amoeba shape, you know. Um, but once in a while, you get another amoeba to come into your world, and you go, "Oh, okay, Venn diagram type of thing." Yeah, mm-hmm. I get it. I get it. So I'll miss her significantly um, in terms of creating ordinances or retracting ordinances or calling out issues like, "Hey, there's a there's a funding question here," and she took a lot of a lot of flack from bringing up. The mayor and the vehicle, hmm. the current mayor, um, 
and and given that in ordinance world nothing was introduced which that might be the next thing um but in bringing that up what she was trying to illustrate wasn't it wasn't anything nefarious it was something that with our governor making all these cuts because of his interpretation of flagrant misuse of funds well that's where she was at mm -hmm. is we have a mayor that's utilizing a vehicle and whether it is that that he is going to events uh, that are his child's prom or his child's soccer games. Maybe that's not the time that you should be using the mayor car. And maybe, yes, you should go back to City Hall, return that vehicle, take your vehicle and go to your son's game or prom or the wedding that you're hosting or whatever where it's it seems, not. that seems i in my opinion just let him use the car or not it seems so crazy to say that this is there is that too so you then just disclose it right you know and that's ultimately what ended up Here's, happening as the mayor you get to use this car wherever right. the hell you go and <laughs> um it was interesting because between Prus and cleworth something came out that um you know and it was about prior mayors and and specifically that everhart um they were creating Ordinances because of Everhart, their interpretation of Everhart's misuse of public funds. So that's exactly where Otterston was coming from, is that this is a misuse of public funds mm -hmm. in a time that the governor is cutting everything um, that has to do with public funds. And so here we have this, this little hiccup in that it's not clear in code per se, um, but there's also accountability. Right. So yeah, And the mayor took responsibility at the following meeting and said, yeah, I owe the IRS 5000 some change because I didn't quite claim this the correct way. So I, 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 that, that accountability was good, mm -hmm. um, but his awareness that, that maybe he was breaking the rules all along is what concerns me for any elected official. Right. Uh, you know that you may be not following company policy really besides ordinances that's that's kind of a policy in the city of fairbanks that the employees aren't the police do take home the police cars for example but it's not specified in policy procedure employee manual that mm -hmm. you can just mayor take home the vehicle so there's something a little bit bigger that needs up. to be cleaned up right. and that um some of the policies some of the ordinances created to Rain in previous mayors still apply to this mayor too. Um, I kind of kept out of that because I felt there's a time and a place and the way to do it is by ordinance. Um, and so that was where I was a little disappointed. And will I take that on? I've got my own battles. Um, I'm working on my next focus now that onsite has passed. My personal next focus is taking paraphernalia and wording out of all ordinances that still could make it to where you get in trouble. By law, you, you could get in trouble for that paraphernalia in your vehicle. Mm -hmm. If you just bought a pre-roll, currently in the ordinance world, right, It's not locked up and away from the front seat and all that kind of stuff? It's still paraphernalia under, under code. Mm -hmm. So it's, do you see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. we, we moved with state law, but the city hasn't cleaned everything up. So that's really my next space. I have nothing big planned. Um, we went through 6093 
um, consensus within LGBTQ community is we want to just work it at the state level and bring it down. And I respect that. So I'm, I'm good with that. So the next thing is to ensure that we don't create criminals out of people that don't need to be criminalized. Beautiful. That's, that's all I've, that's, that's my thing. I think yeah. I found my niche. Like it set you up into such a path of problems and conflict and yeah. having to hide things and makes you live in shadows when you shouldn't be come to the light that was the push with on-site consumption it's Mm -hmm. it's great we got you know at the time 13 retails now 14 where are we gonna smoke it Mm -hmm. oh we're just gonna hide in the shadows and and be tourists and just puff here puff there you know i mean it's happening it's happening the same way it always did it is and that's the problem Mm -hmm. is we need to create safe pathways to create an environment that the community like supports. Like you build that community. What I can't think of a better thing than to open a, a consumption place where different people are coming together sharing crazy ideas. Yes. Yeah. Cannabis and the, and makes the you think some crazy cut, I mean, ideas and coming together yeah. with different crazy ideas yes. is a fun thing. It's a fun thing. It's also, I'm excited for Fairbanks Cut. I know it will. I mean, I'm just not sure when, but um, it's right by Costco. So it's in a really interesting space. Mm-hmm. So I'm interested Maybe to see Halloween or something. who ends up. Oh my gosh, wouldn't that be great? Mm-hmm. A token Halloween party? Yes. I mean, there are the, the rules in place. <laughs> you can only acquire X amount of mm-hmm. flour. But um, I still say that uh, if you and I and your wife and, and her friend and we all get together and get our half grams. That's a gram. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, grams is decent not recession. We, we can. We can have some great conversation. We can spend some time there. We can have a band, and you know, um, I, I don't, I don't know if you can serve food, but we're going to work on that, you know. And that's, it's got to start somewhere, and that's somewhere to start. Chena Cannabis, North Pole Cannabis Dispensary, 1725 Richardson Highway between North Pole and Fairbanks, right before the Badger Road exit. You're going to love this place. Convenient access right off the highway as you're hitting the lakes in the summer or Valkyrie's trip on the way out of town. Stock up on those special in-house strains. Taffy, sourdough, fruity pebbles, Bruce Banner, green crack. Always a $5 pre-roll and special and $10 grams. Concentrates, buy good cannabis, good titrations, edibles, AK Frost, good cannabis gummies. Head on over to Chena Cannabis. Check out the full menu on Leafly.com. Open Monday through Friday, 10 a.m., 9 p.m., Sunday, noon to 6. You don't have to drive all the way to Fairbanks for your cannabis needs. Save your time. Get your quality cannabis at Chena Cannabis, your North Pole Cannabis Dispensary. Chena Cannabis. Marijuana has intoxicating effects and may be habit-forming and addictive. Marijuana impairs concentration, coordination, and judgment. Do not operate a vehicle or machinery under its influence. There are health risks associated with the consumption of marijuana. For use only by adults 21 and older, keep out of the reach of children. Marijuana should not be used by women who are pregnant or breastfeeding. With election coming up in the mayor, how does changing that if the role gets changed, because Jim Adderley, the current mayor, is running again. So if he wins, do you see um, things just continuing on as they are? And it's just, I don't know if it's worse or better or, like, a, I guess it's getting better for cannabis, so that's good. We know that Matterly is supportive of cannabis. But I think he's a politician. I don't think he's, he was in the beginning. 
Yeah, he was in the beginning. What we learned from cannabis and from equal rights approach, so cannabis was a couple of years ago. He was ambivalent then, and then the voters moved it forward. Um, you know, and, and I will clearly remember him last year talking about disclosing. He's been okay about disclosing some things, like some people helped him move, and they were from the industry. You know, and I remember that clearly because it was weird that, one, that he was disclosing that he was separating and divorcing and all that jazz anyway. He's like, why are you telling us this? We don't, we constituents don't really need to know your personal story. Um, but because of that, he had to move in all this jazz and that the cannabis people, some people in the industry had helped him move. What does that matter? We were voting, well, they were voting at that time on the trifecta bill uh, ordinance, which was the on-site, so no on-site um, cap on license and um, uh, establishment of uh, space uh, building code. Buffer zones? Buffer zones. Thank you. I was like, it's, it's a B word. Yes, the buffer zones. Um, and that's how... So was here it was kind of, it looked like he was getting <clears throat> special treatment by people? It, it, and that's what he wanted to make clear, that the people that helped him move from point A to point B are in the industry and that's... that. That is not a conflict of interest for him to, and and actually he didn't need to disclose it because he doesn't vote on yeah, even, any of that cannabis yeah. stuff. So that's why it was like, okay, interesting. So you know, and and yeah, he's he's been overall supportive of the industry since it got itself going, you know. Um, but there again, you see the flop where. In equal rights, for example, 1693 was a big ordinance this winter. It tackled sexual orientation, gender identity, gender expression, and I threw in ethnicity because I don't believe in race, but um, race is something you run, but race is a social construct. Ethnicity is more valid to me. I don't look at you and go, oh, what's your race? You know, mm-hmm. I'll be like, what's your ethnicity? Um, maybe you're Lithuanian. I don't really know. I don't want to assume. So anyway, definitely gives you more information. Gives you more information um, than the than the coloring box. Yeah, but I'm I'm with a group of people that in the social social work sociology world that they're it's a movement. It's a small one. But what caught me off guard is there was so much outpouring of testimony in support of equality. Um, council was very very much tied. We ended up, I believe, on a 3-3, and then we ended up 4-2 in support of it. And it was, and that 4-2 was painful to get there mm-hmm. in so many ways. And, and having, you know, queer friends, gay friends, lesbian friends, vice friends, you know, people that I am very personally attached to. It, it was difficult to have those conversations with one of my council members of why they should feel comfortable in supporting equality. And finally getting them, with the help of various other community leaders in the LGBTQ community, sitting down with that person and having these conversations and trying to explain to them, like, you know. And it really, it's a its a stigma, just like it's a stigma in the cannabis, or was. And we're destigmatizing. Fairbanks, Alaska is working actively to destigmatize the cannabis world. Um, there's still stigma out there, though. Definitely. So, so anyway, so we did a lot of growing together, a lot of education, a lot of communication, same thing with the cannabis ordinances. And then it came down to we finally got it together, voted for two, only to be vetoed. 
And that was a shock, honestly. Right. I, yeah. I literally had to leave my internship space to go take a timeout because I was so floored, which is where I went to, to stick his neck out that far use one of the biggest powers that the executive branch has Yes, to go against a whole group of people voting that's representing the people. It was representing uh, close to 70%. Is Big move. Our emails, our public comments. And what was what did he base that veto on? We still don't really know. He has the power to do so. Wasn't some, he, his testimony that he received... Through email or people talking to him? He's actually never publicly spoken um, entirely about it. He has the right. The answer I've gotten is he has the right to do that. That's within his executive power. Right. Right. Now, one of the things that a school board member um, about a year ago, um, it was after the election actually, had said, and this sat heavy with me. I was not a proponent of K to eights. That was not my thing. Um, SPTA board. I was looking for people that were supportive of it or not supportive of it, just to gauge, you know, uh-huh. what. And, and I ended up not issuing a statement on behalf of the PTA I was part of. Um, but what I had found is most of the people that I communicated with in that school, staff included, were not entirely supportive of a K to eight. So we answered our surveys. We, some of us went to school board meetings. I actually didn't. And it was because I felt disenfranchised. I was watching it evolve anyway. So regardless of how a majority of people were feeling about K to eight and concerns, um, even though we have Barnett to base it on, you know, Oh, Barnett, Mm. Oh, watershed. Mm. But you got to think about who is feeding those schools socioeconomically, ethnically, who is in those schools. So here we are, K-8 proposed for Title I schools. Will this help? Will this hinder? Will this be fair? Will this be equal? And that's my thing. I'm all about equal. Equity even better. But let's start with equal. Yeah. Making decisions for education based on the money you have is not good. So this particular school board member at the meeting I happened to be at, which it's right that I'm there, had said, um, and it was what that meeting was for is I went to testify on behalf of having LGBTQ Awareness Month. And I'm totally for it. Let's have Awareness Month about a lot of stuff that have oppressed people and disenfranchised voters in the long run. So, yeah. But this person said, well, sometimes you have to go with the minority. So the minority of people that were testifying. So what her point was is that she was willing to listen to the three people that said, no, don't, this this brings bad values to my family versus the 22 Only of us. Only if it's a breaking constitutional rules do you need Correct. to support the minority. Correct. And this Instead was not, democracy. this was a moral, right. this was a moral decision that this woman was telling me. But she said, just like we did with K to 8s, Sometimes you got to listen to the minority. That validated that all the surveys that we did as parents, the few of us or the most of us, whatever, that we did and all the push and all the letters and all the testifiers that were like, no, we don't want this school to be K-8. Okay. Thank you, Miss Person, for saying 
sometimes we just got to listen to the minority. Mm. Because that told me all of our efforts were for nothing. Which means thousands of dollars spent. It's so funny how you hear that. You hear sometimes we have to listen to the minority in that that is a true statement under certain situations, but that's someone who doesn't understand that where that comes from. I mean, just in like, yes, um, LGBT is a minority. You have to protect them. Yeah. But that's a, it's a civil right. It's a civil right. It's not like you're saying, it's not a moral thing where someone doesn't agree with it. Doesn't, I'm not going to defend their sensibilities. Right. Sorry. Um, jump on the, the future, right? Get right. on the future train. Yeah. Yeah, well, in this K-8 situation, it was looking at it from the perspective of, of fiscal, right? So just money-wise, mm-hmm. the school district put thousands of dollars into surveying for K-8. So the school well, board... to say they did a survey. Well, they We've paid surveyed. for it. Mm-hmm. It, was, it came out of budget. Mm-hmm. That was taxpayer dollars. And so the majority of taxpayers or respondents said, no, we don't want it, but yet here's a school board member feeling comfortable to just poop away the thousands of dollars that were paid for the survey. The city's got a survey, had a survey a long time ago, not a long time ago, about a decade ago, and I'm, I'm needing to find out more about it. They paid to have a survey done about a climate climate survey in the sense of how is downtown. Mm-hmm. Um it didn't even offer solutions, but apparently the city paid for this survey, but nothing was ever done with it. They said they did one. <laughs> That's it. Mm-hmm. We did one. It checks a nice box. It checks We're a nice box. We're seeking right. public input. Right. But it kind have of you goes, see, Have you sought public input? Of course we did. We sent out the survey. Yep. Yeah. Here's <laughs> proof. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that's kind of uh, going back to the use of an executive powers. To me, you need to base it on a something concrete, on a fact, on a good reason, uh, and supporting the minority, supporting the thirty percent that wanted it not passed, mm-hmm. as opposed to the seventy percent of people that came to testify. I mean, if you said to me, well, you know, with the 70%, only 20% of that 70% was city voters, whereas 90% of this 30% that is opposed is city voters, I could almost go with that, but you're grasping at straws to support your decision. Right. Um, And I'm not sure if I would say that a majority of that percent that was coming in testifying against was city voters. I mean, you got Lance Roberts. Is he a city voter? He's a a borough. Yeah, I thought so too. And a lot of, you know, a lot of the borough people coming in. I mean, I I don't want to single out people. I don't want to be that person, but it was, it was definitely tough to, um, to see that veto come through. I felt like it was an overreach. Definitely. Well, you can, you can change a lot of things with one person. And that's, again, what we're here talking about. Yes. How much power is too much power? Are we, from your perspective as a city councilwoman, will the will Fairbanks City progress more with the new change in leadership? With the change in leadership, I think so. Okay, I think so. Um, change has to happen really slowly, uh, and it, and it has to be cohesively done. That's my concern. Um, for example. Uh, and somebody will get mad at me on council, but if I'm not making somebody mad, I'm not doing the job, right? Um, the reality that the mayor can appoint to every commission. 
much like the governor can point to Embry Commission. We're seeing what happens with that mm-hmm. directly. Um, you can stack it. You stack the deck. Right. That's what you're doing. So one person on the city council, the mayor, has that. Is he part of the city council? He's he's technically the guy that drives the city council. So he's the captain. He's got essentially a different union, so to say, than the council. The council were just, um, oh gosh, I don't know my naval terms, but we're there, you know. Um, Operating we're, it. We're kind of. We're more like, yeah, go westward, you know, 10 degrees and go eastward, whatever. But the real this people. This is what our people are telling us. The real people operating the, the ship are chief staff, you know, and that's who your chief of staff is will guide the mayor. That's also important. But let me come back to the mayor appoints and the council is supposed to approve. But if I, Mayor Shoshana, next time, um, decide that I want to appoint all of my people, that's going to dramatically shift what gets done in the committees, what the recommendations are to the council. Um, And the council is supposed to put some weight into what these committees advise. So Public Safety Committee, for example, uh, did not advise that cannabis be a thing. Council didn't listen. You know, oh, and there's some angry people on the Public Safety Commission because of it, you know. But that's what the committees are supposed to do, you know. Um, Diversity Council's recommendation to the mayor went on deaf ears, for example. Are they all his people? No. The, the council has moved people into diversity council. It has been helpful to um, make more variety happen. Mm-hmm. But it's still a little unnerving that the mayor can technically appoint all of his, hers, their people, and that's who really runs your committees. That's who's the advisory board for the council. Um, so, so you can really bamboozle things. Just you think um, so? If Madley stays in, mm-hmm. all those positions remain constant. Yeah. If someone else comes in, they may stay. Like you can keep the chief of staff, right? If you choose. If, if whoever gets elected wants to, yeah, yeah. I mean, my my ideal, and I'm just gonna say it because I've said it already, and I've said it to Catherine, I've said it to Lakeisha. My ideal. <laughs> Dab Lab AK. Winner of Cannabis Classic 2017, Alaska's best glass shop, and there's no doubt as to why. High quality American made glass, none of this cheap import stuff. With the best CBD and accessories available on the market, all in a comfortable, professional setting at competitive prices. Support local, College Road, Fairbanks. I'm gonna let my buddy Alaska Red tell you. For the highest quality glass that you're going to find in Alaska, head on down to my buddy's shop, Dab Lab AK, 3410 College Road. That's Dab Lab AK, 3410 College Road, Fairbanks, Alaska. 10 to 9, Sunday through Thursday, open till 11, Friday to Saturday. For all your cannabis accessory needs, Dab Lab AK. Backtrack provided by Alaska Red, Lyrical Sticker. My ideal would be Catherine Dodge as chief of staff with Lakeisha Jordan leading. Mm. That's a balance. 
that's a balance and there's not neither of them really have this overreach of our desire you know they listen to the people um, and the, the people being the 70% the 60% any more than 51% that's you don't you don't make decisions for the 20 to 30% in mind unless like you said it's a constitutional thing mm-hmm. um, and that was it is the veto went within charter law charter rule there wasn't anything that said he couldn't do that you know um, he could have overruled the cannabis too mm-hmm. that's you know we know that different uh, people wouldn't have appreciated it right so well, he, and, took, and he chose I think he did say something in the paper about he was choosing the people that are going to be angry with him mm-hmm. wasn't it something like that where he was saying like there's going to be people that are going to be angry with me on both sides of this decision yeah so I'm choosing the ones that are... So he vetoed it so the people that had more... Empathy? Uh, it was closer to it. Yeah. Mean, just felt more towards or They had to be more yeah. on their team. Uh, so we've got Matherly. Yeah. Uh, Lakeisha Jordan. Yep. Which she's... Uh, I, I don't know. Firecracker, I want to say. But just out there. Constantly putting out content, talking all the time, yeah. just just being there. I mean, she's not hiding anything. Yeah. If she makes a mistake in what she says, she comes back. You know, Owns it. the next thing later, learning. She wants to learn. She's talking. That's the yes. that's the thing. Is she's activated. She's activated. That is a great word for that. She is activated, um, and that's what I'm looking for in leadership. I need to know. I need to know where you're going. Yeah, she looks like she's looking for what what's going on. I want to make this positive and move forward. And she's had encounters. This <laughs> thing too is when you when you have been through systems, um, you start really learning about the oppressed. You start really listening, and and the oppressed sounds so dramatic, but anybody who's encountered, you know, any kind of I'm trying to come up with good words. Just the law. The Someone's law, but you know, foster care or gatekeepers is another good way of putting it. You you really you recognize the need to try and be inclusive, all inclusive, um, and that's that's what one thing I, I really appreciate about Lakeisha is she doesn't sectionalize. She doesn't she doesn't consider me a white woman. She considers me a person who has overcome obstacles um, to get to where I'm at. You know, it's, it's, I don't see you this way. I see you as an intersectional whole human being. And that's how I'm going to treat you. And the disrespect that you give me, I'm going to recognize that hurt in you. You know, so I can completely, from a social work perspective, appreciate Lakeisha Jordan. Do you like her, just her, her person, or not only personality, but her person to person feel? Interaction. Yeah, she really gives you that, that sense that she's listening and she cares. And um, and has long term vision, and that's a big. Has she come thing. to city council meetings? She's come to a few city council meetings. Yeah, yeah, that's and good. I've encouraged her to come to finance committee meetings and um, public safety commission meetings. But she's a working mom, and uh, you know, and that's she's got to do what she's got to do. Also, and mm-hmm. I respect that. So, um, so I, I support Lakeisha. I mean, I support Catherine too. I mean, I support everybody. So we got Catherine you know. Dodge. Yeah, we got Catherine Dodge. Big name. Big I mean, name. Coming into um, Fairbanks City. I mean, and I think... Ran for house last year against Bart Bond and yeah. came down to a tie. It came down to one vote. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, and they've got... Uh, she's got that experience on the assembly. 
So she's worked within budgets. I mean, I know she's worked within. And budgets she and she was the um, I'm not sure what they call what do they call the head assembly person? She was the chair. Yeah, I mean, she yeah. ran the meetings. I mean, in the beginning <coughs> of right. of during the cannabis time. Yes, she was a cannabis supporter. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, she. Um, She's out there knocking on every door. Knocking on doors, supportive of public safety, supportive of conversations that are difficult conversations mm-hmm. to have. Um, and I just, I mean, Lakeisha is also supportive of, of, you know, crisis intervention training, culture of humility training, and Catherine is, is on well, board Well, that's with what that. you said you think they would be good partners in. Yes. <clears throat> they, have, they have similar um, approaches to understanding intersectionality and understanding the needs of the people. And they can bring um, different groups together. They can bring different groups together, yeah. I, I have, uh, as, as just a constituent of the city, not council, I, either of them would be delightful, you know, to have. Um, Catherine Dodge has more experience. She has the experience. She has the wording. And that's just it, too. Is there's, as you know, in politics, there are keywords that, that make people go, oh, everything's good. You know, and, and how to run the meeting. And, just, and how to run the meeting. Right. Um, and that's, that's understanding. And Catherine's been coming to the meetings at city council for quite some time. Um, she, she's been a city constituent for decades, 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 you know. Um, and so she's got a little bit more of a, of a hands-on knowledge of where the city's been fiscally, um, how this, how the meetings ought to be run, um, the, the charter in which it gives us those guidelines of how to run it, the executive privilege, executive power, um, understanding budget development, where to go with it, where not to go with it. And so that's a, that's a leg up that for me as a council person I'm looking for, is I need you to understand and, and devote yourself to some financial growth approach. And that is where... Um, I don't have the definites. I don't see it for Jim Matherly on his website. I don't see it, to, you know, standard on on Catherine's or Lakeisha or Frank. Um, and that's what I'm looking for is you can tell me all these things of we need to have long-term vision, and but I need to know that you have the courage to talk either about a, specific- a sales tax, which Lakeisha has, and that's part of why I can get behind her. Like, okay. You're giving me a solution. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I need solutions. You know, and whether I like it or not, that's where we need to go. Is well, once you hear the, a a uh, a solution to it or, or a plan, then you can start modifying, right? And adapting. You got to start somewhere. You got to start, start somewhere. Start somewhere you or know? you don't. If you don't start, you just talk about it. You just be vague. Like, oh, what do you want to see? Well, um, I don't know. You know, and same thing with uh, Jim Matherly. What are your plans? What are you really going to do? We introduced, he introduced, I'll be nice, he introduced the bed tax, which I didn't support. Um, and it would have been a 2% increase over the course of uh, two years to raise the bed tax. Um, and it's interesting because I'm now hearing from smaller businesses. At first they were like, oh no, we didn't, we didn't, we didn't want it. But now they're like, yeah, it would have been fine. So, it's interesting because the, the businesses also correlate with support of a certain someone. Mm-hmm. And so that's what's the irony, you know, that people can shift too, as well as politicians will shift. Uh, but it's still, besides taxing cannabis, tobacco, alcohol, and the visitor industry, 
What else do you have? Do you have the courage to commit and talk openly about a sales tax? Lakeisha's talked about a 3% seasonal sales tax. Not my favorite, but she's talking about it. And she's talking to people about it. And what people are saying is we, we don't mind a sales tax. Um, what I do hear, and she hears it too, and Catherine does too, um, is we don't want to keep paying with our property taxes. You know, and we, and we don't want an income tax. So that kind of leaves you one thing, you know, which... Well, it's a user fee. It's You control it. It is. Uh, and they don't want us to, to appoint the, the city council and mayor you know, continue to escalate that either. But for the most part, it feels like six out of 10 people are okay with a sales tax. And I say, okay, because nobody wants a tax. Nobody, nobody's like, please take more money from my wallet. You know, that's a, but there's a recognition that we have to move forward and that we want to continue to have the services that we have. And so we're going to need to develop a revenue source mm-hmm. whether that looks like a sales tax income tax monkey tax I don't really know you know um, removing the tax within the uh, the cap within the cap was on the books Jerry tried Cleaverth and I commend him for bringing that forward he's probably one with the most knowledge of how that works well he worked to implement that second mm-hmm. cap so the irony that we're now retracting <laughs> well you know, I'm just saying, like, it's, yeah, I was supportive of putting it to the voters. It failed by one council member. Um, I was a little bit bummed out about that just because I believe that if you have the right to vote, use it. Um, if we only turn out 14% of non-tax supporters, it is what it is. Um, it's still the right to go to the voters. And it's our duty as elected officials to get the voters out there. Yeah. Go to the door. I, uh, I've been working with Visioning Fairbanks, which is uh, an organization put together between uh, two consulting or counseling firm and consulting firm. And it is non-invasive, but it's door to door. Hey, what do you see for the vision of Fairbanks? What's, what's bringing you not to vote? You know, and, and a big thing is education. People don't know who the candidates are. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of been my thing, telling candidates. It's your responsibility you know, to get your name out there. Um, and it's also my responsibility as an elected official to get voters out there. So I'm not going to do it by being insightful and starting riots, but that's a good way to get people out there. We know that. We know that by what's happening right now. Right. You know, any any hot state. button issue, right? You know, you know things money. like recalls. Um, <laughs> money, pot, sex. Yeah. Well, that's my next one. But that's for the next episode. Oh, uh, prostitution? Sex work is... Is is it's happening? Okay, yeah, we don't have time for that. Yeah, but yes, I. Uh, yeah, I that's a... libertarian. Got it. Frank, what do you think about oh Frank? Because you see Frank every week or every couple weeks. Huh? You know what? I love Frank. Is there every council meeting? I think he wasn't at one of them, and I was deeply concerned. Deeply concerned. Um, I, I I love when Frank runs. It. Frankly, I mean, I like when people sign up to run for political office. Yes. It is hard. That's democracy. It's a hard thing to put yourself out there and and talk to a camera, ask someone to vote for you, and to be in control of their money. Well, even if you just go and you put your name in, you're still being a huge part of democracy. 
and a lot of people felt, God, I'm not ready to vote. I'm not ready to go out and run. When are you going to be ready? Are you ever ready to run for no? No, I had to do it. I just jumped on that wild horse last summer and did it. That was that was not in the cards per se, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but now am I looking ahead and going, huh? House of Representatives looks okay, nice. you know. Maybe six years out from now, who knows? It's a it's a thing. I have a knack for it. I don't mind running with wild, crazy people. Mm-hmm. Um, which every person running for political office is, in my opinion, a wild, crazy people. Because yeah. to put yourself everywhere. under this kind of scrutiny is not, um, it almost it doesn't feel normal, you know, mm-hmm. quote unquote normal. It just doesn't, you know, mm-hmm. he went out and did right. it. Yeah. It's like, wow, what did I just do, you know, or what am I doing? It's uh, not an easy thing. It's not to be taken lightly. So with Frank stepping up, I think it's his third time running. Um, I actually would like to hear what his fiscal approach is. Um, he's, he's that issues candidate, as you would call it. He's... Yeah, he's, targeted. He's targeted, definitely. Um, and that's that's Sort of get a message good. out. Um, it's good to have a clear platform, mm-hmm. but I also need to know, like, what are you going to do about the $1 million shortage that we're looking at in the budget next year? Yeah. And that's a question, and that's a big question. And that, that as a constituent, an elected official, and a potential homeowner, maybe, maybe, after 18 years of renting, I'm thinking about it. That's as far as I've got. I know a person that can help you with that. Yeah, that's how I'm chuckling <laughs> about that. Um, maybe... looking to list or searching for your perfect property? Well, contact Matt Wade at Century 21 Gold Rush, community member for over 20 years, helping you through the real estate buying and selling process. Matt Wade, C21 at gmail.com. M-A-T-W-A-D-E-C-2-1 at gmail.com. 907-978-0127. Helping you through the process. Matt Wade, Century 21 Gold Rush. But anyway, I'm looking at how, what are you going to cut? Are you going to cut plowing? Or are you going to cut It won't be roads police? for Frank. It won't be potholes. It will not it be potholes. It won't be the cemetery. Right. A clay cemetery. But it's ultimately, uh, it is tough. And as a person that works the budget, you know, shaving off 500 here, 1,000 there, you know, I joked about cutting the mayor's salary, but I'm pretty serious about cutting $20,000 out of the mayor's salary. What is the salary? 86 k Yeah. And what I've been told is, is don't cut the mayor's salary because then you're going to get a certain kind of candidate. Well, you'll get one, in my, I guess in my opinion, did you hear you'll get one that can afford not to be paid? That's pretty much, you know. Like that... The, or they'll be corrupt because they're not getting paid enough, and so and they're going to take things. bribes. You know, uh, yeah. um, and that's where I go. You know what? Right now, I'm a college graduate student. Do you know what that pays? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it still doesn't make it to where I'm. You know, out here taking bribes. I just wholeheartedly believe that you can make a living at 56k. That's after benefits, so the city will pay your full benefits, twelve hundred dollars a month. Because you got a big family, or you got no family, whatever. Is it a full time job? You think? 
you go. Okay. With the chief of staff who gets paid $110,000 a oh, year. Wow. By the way, those two top positions are almost $200,000. There's a third position that I'll I I'll tell you something right there, just that the, the chief of staff is making more than the mayor. Correct. So who's doing... Who's Correct. Who has more responsibility and mm-hmm. who's on the line more, I suppose. Yeah. Well, and that's just it. I look... At, when I look at budgets, I look at administration. School board, the state... Um, when you're administrators, and I'm not touching UA system, but that's a whole other conversation. But when you look at your administrators that are making six figures, 365,000 Department of Health and Human Services, 400 and something thousand, OMB director, $250,000, $275,000. The governor giving himself a 7% raise. Well, in the meantime, I got addicts out here that can't get their dentures. Do you think I care? That you're giving yourself more money? Absolutely not. But let me bring it back to the mayor, chief of staff. Um, between the mayor, chief of staff, and CFO, chief financial officer, we've got almost $350,000. That's three positions. <laughs> I think two of those are worth it. I don't know if I want to say worth it because what, what is a wage? But someone running a city... That's a lot of that's a lot of responsibility. It's a lot of responsibility, but because you have a chief of staff. Well, I'm talking about the chief of staff. Oh, okay, yeah, and the yeah, yeah. CFO and the CFO. Those Thinking, are the, the two yes. key points. And your city clerk and and her deputy uh, city clerk. Those are very important positions. The organs of the machine, right? Those are very. Those are those are um, really your brains, your eyes, and your hands. They've been there. If they I know what's to. going on. They do. Well, the mayor shifts, but um, and the mayor right. appoints yeah, the, the chief of staff. So mm. being aware do you, of that. Do you feel, I don't know, who is the chief of staff? I love the chief of staff. I do. Mike Meeks. He's done Do you things. think they'll stay no matter which mayor comes in? Um, I don't know. I'm actually going to say I don't know. You know, I'm pretty good. I like to commit mm-hmm. with answers, but I don't know. Well, because you were, I guess you were saying earlier, you would like the, you would like to see a ticket be. Um, I mean, in my ideal Dodge. world, right? In my ideal world, um, I, it, the, it is up to the mayor to decide if they want to retain the chief of staff. Do you just, do you just then lose your job? You lose your salary yeah. as chief of staff, and yeah. you just like you just move. There's, there's no. Um, you don't get like paid your rest of the year kind of thing. I don't. I think. Maybe like a two-month thing. Or I'd one have month to thing. look into that. Yeah, that's a lot of money just to lose. It is just stop all getting. of a sudden, right? Yeah, I, and, but that's a risk. That's a risk. Right, that it's I think government. usually what happens is, I think the chief of staffs are pretty good at, at keeping their job. I mean, if you think about they, what the chief of staff has to do, well, they're they are the the smooth operator. They have to be smooth. They have to talk within different systems, different people who run those systems. It's an amicable relationship. But it's also, you know, a very networked relationship. Shall we say? The Oz? The Oz. Yes. No one really sees that person, but they're really doing a lot of what's going on and giving the advice on how it happens and what happens. Yes. What it's going to do. Yeah. Absolutely. So I'm feeling. I'm feeling the way you're you're pushing. Right. So um, financially, do we need an 86k mayor? No. You've got a 110k chief of staff. So my proposal last budget was to cut down 20 to 25k. 
I was told no immediately by two male council members. That was not a go. Would there be something that you would do with that money? I would allocate it towards fire and police. Mm-hmm. Um, wherever, or actually, realistically, Department of Public Works, because the garbage folk, the people that pick up your trash, they are the lowest paid of any union member in our city. In what our would that do? What, how many are there? I believe there's six. Six? Six people okay. at that very low level. Sure, so 20 grand on six people. I mean, you could I'll give you everyone. a 3K bonus, you know. You could. I mean, you could up their salary for three grand. I mean, that's, I don't know what they're making, but it could be a five. Not enough for putting their butts out raise. there. I mean, yeah. that, I'll give Otterston that. She went out and threw trash. I haven't done it, and, and I know, and the guys are going to be crap about I haven't been out there. Um, it's a lot of work. I mean, if you think about it, you're hanging off the back of a truck. Which means that any time you can fall, especially mm-hmm. on the ice, bumps, potholes. No idea how much weight um, you're going to be picking up. It's supposed to only right. It's supposed <laughs> to only be fifty pounds. You don't know what you're picking up. There were needles, um, like needles, in trash. Now, the people doing the trash pickup are aware of certain places, oh, and they shit. give I didn't them think about that. And they give them bottles to make sure that the needles do not end up in the trash. But, uh, yeah, hep C, HIV, it's real. Um, you know, especially the rise of HIV in our mm-hmm. community. Yeah. Is there a rise? Uh, there's, there's a rise in our, in our community of HIV cases. Wow. Yeah. I just, that seems to be a, uh, uh, don't hear about it much anymore. I don't. don't do we don't talk about it, mm-hmm. but with the uptick of opiates. Oh, just the sharing needles. We're back, we're back to 1983. When we didn't talk about certain things and people are doing severe intravenous drugs, whether you're, you know, LGBT or not, doesn't it doesn't matter. It's the amount of needle use happening. Unhealthy. It is. It is. Wow. It's community unhealthy. And that's what our firefighters, our EMTs are working with, our police are working with, um, is, is that you are working with people that are in a different realm now, um, addiction-wise. So... I mean, I want to give bonuses to all of my first responders and my public works people on the ground level. Mm-hmm. Okay? And it's not that I don't appreciate my administration, but it's the people out there that are dealing with the people. I've got, I know, a few people in town that really love to yell at my trash people. Yeah, but They don't want to pay it. They shouldn't have to pay it, so they're out there yelling at these guys. Wow. Yeah. Oh, the amount of stuff that that might... Why do they not have trash and they just don't... They get charged or something? Or why would they... What's the... It's it's this... It honestly stems a little bit from the libertarians. I want to do what I want to do. I don't want you to tax me. Because if I want to take my trash out to the landfill, Ah, I'm going to take my trash out to the landfill. Um, But the borough has specifically asked city residents, please don't bring your trash to my landfill unless you are going to pay. Mm -hmm. Um, One thing we're not directly taxed but it is taxed is landfill fees in the borough I believe there is a landfill fee that happens for property owners it could be problems Don't okay um, but in the city you you get charged for trash what is it the cost? Uh, I know the senior rate I believe is $76 a year but don't quote me I don't. doesn't seem it's outrageous? not an outrageous amount what, of you, money it's you less said than senior 10, rate uh, senior rate. I know that overall, it's ten. It's less than ten dollars a month for the people picking. Yeah, two fifty a week. 
But if you're a libertarian, you don't believe in fees. Right, right. If you don't have ten bucks and you think it's worth you know. it to take your trash for ten bucks, <clears throat> right. but that I mean, I, but that is that that's the argument, right? That it's a, a a tax paying for a service. Yes. And one person is saying, "I don't want to pay that service. I'm sorry. This community has done that. You have to move out of this community if you don't want to pay for that service." Right. That's your choice to live here. We appreciate you living here. But if that's, you know, and th- but that's a, a big reason, too, why we have so many vacant commercial spaces. It's cheaper to operate here than it is right at the corner from here. Based on just a tax thing or? Uh, to, uh, property tax. Property taxes. Mill rates and such. Wow. Yeah. And commercial space and licensing. Because you have to pay, like a borough doesn't have a license, for example. Um, the city does. It was recently brought to my attention uh, somebody that delivers items into the city also has to pay a city license fee. There, there were actually other things that in this last nine months, you know, as I visit the different retailers, because I do, I check in. You know, when you got a million dollar potential million dollar tax industry, you you take care of that. Right, those are problems those, like the, that's a lot of other council members or many other council members will focus on other industries. I focus on Canada, like. Thanks, guys and gals and other, um, because that's a lot of money that you guys are bringing us. Mm-hmm. And thank you, constituents, and thank you, borough people that come in to these retail spaces. Yeah, you know? it's, it's making money. It's uh, it's it's making, in my opinion, our community healthier. It is. Do you know I registered in four hours of being at two retail locations? I registered seven people to vote. Nice. Yeah. And it's easy because people want, the people are there and they'll do it quick. And it was all different. Really easy to do just generally. You just make a phone call. I believe we'll be at Blooms um, next week as well. So, um, yeah. And September 1st is the deadline. But it's just the irony of, it is not, it is nonpartisan. I've registered all different labels this week, you know. Um, And it's interesting because, there was the stigma that only, you know, only certain people, only stoners, and stoners don't vote, and all this stuff. And it's like the people that hold these stigmas still fail to understand who's walking through those doors. Right. You know, and I don't, like, I don't take pictures when I go and I took a selfie, but I don't take pictures overall because that is a confidentiality. Mm-hmm. Every retail space is a confidential space, as far as I'm concerned. Um, if I see other elected officials, I've seen interesting people, but that's for me to keep to myself. You know, all I can say is it's a diverse industry and I think it's so cool. Every time I see a oddball where I'm like, what? Well, it doesn't, what are you doing? It crosses political boundaries. It crosses all kinds of It's not like gun rights or, um. Well, even gun rights crosses political boundaries. It's you know, but it's more owned by yeah. one. I mean, I could I could most definitely say that women's health, um, short of abortion, is definitely super splitting. That does not that's not intersectional. We see you know, um, yeah. but yeah, Canada is. I mean, if you think about it, seventy percent of the state had to vote to do it. Mm-hmm. That's seven out of ten people that are residents of this state. Felons or not? Yeah, I said I'm thankful for our libertarian kind of feeling that we have here. Yeah. yeah. And that first round with the reparations—that's killed it. Mm-hmm. 
the idea that so many people, I know my in-laws, they weren't going to, they were fine with voting for legalization, mm-hmm. but the, they didn't take that next step of, I'm not going to pay someone yeah. for breaking the law then. And, yeah, yeah. The first the first try was a little much, but um, but it was anticipated it would be a fail anyway. Mm, That's kind of what the organizers already do. Like the first first was get the signatures, then get the signatures again, then put it on the ballot because you know three times generally does it, and then it went down. Um, and so yeah, it was it was a long time coming, but it's only been three years since it happened. Right. Yeah. So we're toddling. We're think about a three year old child. Even if you think about a three year old dog, okay, they're still like once in a while peeing in random places, you know. Right. And a three year old's still taking things off the shelf and throwing them at random. Yeah, absolutely. We're we're going to have, you know, a big and new people get involved in it, right? And that's why it's so important that your elected officials be pro progress. Yes. Because it's not pro-Canada, it's pro-progress. At this point, the development of banking, um, I believe Sean Tacky is involved directly in it with uh, lobbying Congressman Young, uh, Credit Union One. We heard uh, squawk that they're willing to stand behind the efforts, which is beautiful. I heard they backed out recently. Yeah, I'm kind of wondering about that. Um, but, you know, I mean, I was listening to that same... <laughs> I, yesterday I was just on a, on a KWRK moment. There was a lot of interesting stuff. There was a lot of can of stuff yesterday, for whatever reason, on that radio station. And one of the things I heard was that in another state, the dreaded fear happened. Um, and, and the dreaded fear being somebody followed... A retailer home, not here in the state, in another state. They had obviously been, they must have been watching these people. And uh, pistol whipped them to call money. Yeah, I, I just cannot so, knock him on some wood. Yeah, it's it, a fear. There's no, there's no, uh, um, I know that I here in Fairbanks, believe. people take precautions and, you know, I know that people aren't ready. They can say that. Right. But this, but it's still scary. I, I've heard in the beginning of looking at my policy, we're trying to figure out how to deal with that issue. Mm-hmm. If you put armed guards to protect your business, people are going to bring something more to defeat that armed guard. Well, the other thing is that it's illegal for you to put armed guards. Right. You cannot have guns with cannabis. Federal law. I don't know about that. I think there's side contracts. You know, the people are doing like because um like Pearson yeah like he's allowed to transport cannabis with a firearm he says but federal law fair federal law you cannot have cannabis with guns federal law I've got it's you can I know yeah I mean regardless of who's doing what Mm -hmm. medical issues and all that kind of stuff it's it's you cannot have a firearm where there's cannabis. It's mm-hmm. federally legal. It's legal to have a handgun. It's legal to have cannabis, but it's federally illegal to have both. So right now, I can't be a queer woman with a gun and weed. I can't can't be. I can be one of those, some of those, but not all of those. Isn't together. that going to be this? That's going to be some irony when that's the spark that sets off revolution. The uh, 
the lesbian hippie gun owner that's not going to give up their guns because they have a medical right to consume cannabis. The queer conservative <laughs> right. holding cannabis retailer. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Ta-da. I can probably we can probably throw way more into that, but. I know anyway. everyone looks at it as going to be this conservative, um, backwoods yeah. person with gun rights, but you know, it could easy, it, yeah, I see it kind of going the other way with all these new states coming on and mm-hmm. the, the way cannabis definitely goes over. And you feel like if you were a cannabis consumer, you, you feel like you have a right to it. Yeah. Well, I have a right to own a gun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have a right to smoke cannabis in Alaska. Mm-hmm. And Washington, Idaho. Yeah, according to government. Or not Idaho. Colorado, That's if we, if we allow yeah. like yeah. government to hold our rights. Right. right. But, um, yeah. But if the feds want, they can mess with you. Yes, they should. Sure you have both. They should. Sure you know, can. and that's just it. So let's see. Um, I, I, think, I think we got it, Shoshana. When's the, when's the election? The election is the 1st of October. So yeah, we've yeah. got four shows coming up. What? Ding, 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 ding. Yeah. Well, hopefully, uh, I don't know. I don't know what the mayors are going to do. Um, so yes, uh, register to vote by September 1st. Voting is October 1st. You can always vote absentee. You can vote question ballot. Elections doesn't like it when you do question ballots, but that means you go to any polling place. Right. But then you voted. Just, it you takes, know. it takes longer after it's necessary. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the element of surprise, right? Well, we, we talked about, um. Dodge and uh, the, the Dodge Lawn won. Right, I mean, it got down the race. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. should be in there again. So thank you, Councilwoman Shoshana Raccoon, coming on to um, Far North Tokers. Yeah, thanks for having me. Hey, hey! Thank you for joining us on Far North Tokers. You can find more episodes of this time capsule of Alaskan cannabis on SoundCloud and iTunes. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Send questions and comments to midtoker at farnorthtokers.com. M-I-D-T-O-K-E-R at farnorthtokers.com. Here's Token. Here's Token.